Let's talk Africa, the Africanness of Africa, the beauty, its people, our peculiarities. This is on Zip Stories. I am DS Bello. We need to own our own narrative. We have the power to change a lot of things within Africa. Does Africa really belongs to us? First, I think there has to be a break away from the mental shackles. You know, I wish more, more Africans can sing the same tune um, that we are singing. stories and it's the very first time that we are having more than one guest yes we are having a host of guests you can say <laughs> okay so let's jump right into the conversation because it's gonna get lit up are you ready <laughs> all right anyway we had a great time and i'm sure you would have a wisdom filled time right here in this episode now do remember to share this with your friend and loved ones or someone you think cares so much about africa and how much we can get better can the show begin already (laughs) let's go there i am actually excited for today because I am doing something really special. Not just um, the topic that is special and dear to my heart, but I also have a number of people. It's the first time that we're recording with multiple people. And um, most um, importantly for me is the choices of people on this particular episode. First, I have Friday Benson Ernest. He's a HR professional currently working for a humanitarian organization as the head of human resources in Iraq. And Friday is passionate about Africa's development. Friday, it's really, really such an honor to have you right on this episode. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. And also on this call is an amazing person I met on Clubhouse. And after then, I just keep thinking about her. Kimberly Anderson, also known as KMA, a teacher, mother, mentor, motivational speaker, and a poet. She is from South Africa and she um she found her voice through poetry and started the turning pain into power movement or journey as she calls it her poem speaks of what it is like being a colored or mixed race woman in south africa as well as other topics that take you on a journey of consciousness and thought i've listened to kimberly and from the very from the very first day i did my narrative about the color system changed and 
I just want to listen to her on and on and over and over again. I hope that one day we'll have you, Kimberly, on the show. Just listen to some of your poems and um, to have an insight into what's happening in Africa. Kimberly, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Thank you so much for the invite. <laughs> thank you very much. And yes, I am looking forward to coming through and sharing as well um, about everything else regarding poetry. But the topic at hand today is um, also near and dear to my heart. Thank you. Oh, okay, thank you. Also on the call today is a graduate of surveying and geoinformatics uh, who also holds a master's degree in remote sensing felix elam yergawa he is a humanitarian and felix is actually the person that inspired me to have this particular episode felix thank you so much for joining and thanks for inspiring me Okay, so there's a post that has actually been going viral across the continent. It's actually not my first time of seeing it. Um, it says, when an African becomes rich, his bank accounts are in Switzerland. He travels to France for medical treatments. He invests in Germany. He buys from Dubai. He consumes Chinese. He prays in Rome or Mecca. His children study in Europe. He travels to Canada, USA, Europe for tourism. If he dies, he will be buried in his native country of Africa. Africa is just a symmetry for Africans. How could a symmetry be developed? This is actually the narrative by some people about Africa. So um, what we'll try to do is to find the truth value of this narrative. Friday, I think it's, I'll just start, start with you. Friday, do you think that this is actually the narrative of Africa? Uh, no, uh, I, I don't think it's true. Um, one thing I think is true, yes, is the fact that our people are um, uh, very open to migration and this is caused by a lot of factors. Um, the conditions are not really that favorable for them to remain at home. That's why they move around. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is true that most of the time they come back to enjoy the few years they have before they die. Um, but it is not simply because they don't want to invest their time or their resources in Africa. It's simply because the conditions created by the ruling class is not favorable for people to want to, they don't, they don't think their, their investments are protected in the first place. Uh, and there are a lot of factors to this, that's why. I'll just leave it at that and then if we go into the discussions later on, we can talk about it. Yeah, so I, I like that you are saying it's not really about the will of Africans, it is about the condition, which means if they have better conditions, they would rather stay home. Is that what you mean? Yes, definitely. Oh. That's what I mean. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, Kimberly, 
what do you think is this assertion true or do you also buy the narrative um of friday you know what i agree with what he said and i'm like obviously i'm muted you can't hear me but i'm like yes um and he answered yes at the same time um looking outside um any country or any person looking on the outside always seems to buy a idea of what a country is like as per what media sells them um we live or we have lived in the country so we understand and we know what's happening the truths the the surfing <laughs> out of what is not true and i totally agree with what friday just said okay thank you very much kimberly i'm felix do you agree with them or do you have um, a different narrative well i agree with friday i think the factors are the major causes in the act of migrations for africans that they always think about going out to other countries in order to find shelter or have a better condition of life because i think we uh, in africa now there are some notions that when you interact with one on one people or, uh, or your peers or your 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 age groups you try to find out that most of the attention is not about africa it's about good flying out beyond the borders of africa and finding life so i think it's just a narrative but it's the factors that brings this out in us Friday, over to you. How can we change this narrative as Africans? Okay. Um, uh, number one, I think it's also very important to clarify because when you sent me this screenshot, I was like, mm. uh, I don't think, first of all, that there has been no evidence that because that particular quote, uh, people are attributing it to Vladimir Putin but there is no evidence whatsoever anywhere that he actually made that statement you know yeah. we, we live in an age where people can say anything and just write and say this person was the one that said it you know yeah and then it just why goes, i yeah. actually did not attribute it to him because i have actually seen the post somewhere maybe yeah. more than four months ago before that but it's a narrative yeah. that has been going around africa and some exactly. some africans actually believe that um that's like a situation and so yeah. I'm, i'm i'm like if that is actually um a situation how can we change that narrative if it's if it's yeah. if it's false then we need to change the narrative so people don't have false narratives about us if yeah. it is true how do we change that narrative yeah uh number one i think we we need to own our own narrative because um the narrative about africa and everything going on here is owned by by the westerners or by europeans or or you know people you consider uh, non-africans they they shape the narrative about what is going on in africa and how africa is as a continent 
that's number one. Uh, so our, our leaders and our, our, our media houses would have to own the narrative for Africa and what's going on in our continent. But number two, there must be the political will by the current uh, leadership in all the African countries to actually want to develop their country. Because for me, I, the way I always see is that the leaders are not, they are not um, willing because I always say that governance is not rocket science. Development is not rocket science. Um, I, I see that there is no political will by current leadership to just um, ensure that uh, they put the continent on the path of development, sustainable development, not just any kind of development, you know. So, yeah, as long as we can own our own narrative and also the political will is there, we can, that we, it can change very quickly. I really, really like this own, own our narrative thing because that's that's what Unzip Stories is all about. The idea is to try to tell Africans that they're enough, tell Africans that they're strong, and tell Africans to embrace them, um, themselves and the little that they do, so to speak, because if it's like a child, if you keep telling your child that um, you're strong, you are you're innovative, you are you're um, motivated, you are driven, the child gets the strength to fight. Because um, anyway, um, let's just go into the next question, which was going to tie it to um, mental imperialism. But however, before we go to that, maybe um, Kimberly. Do you want to respond to how we can change the narrative? I think Friday summed it up pretty well. Um, the power is in our hands at the end of the day, and this is something I would love to believe that we, as the next generation, um, impart into our children, which I know is something I do, um, also as being a teacher. Um, um, firstly, with how politics is, is right now, and how the narrative is being sold to other countries and the situations in all our countries right now and um, he's very right when he says there needs to be some form of accountability as well as as, as voters in our countries, we need to ensure that we place our votes in the right places. Um, and if we place our votes, all of us are singing one tune and we putting our votes in the right place and we see the outcome um, in a positive way, then we celebrate together. But if we're not going to sing one song um, and stand with unity, then I guess this narrative will continue being fed by the rest of the world um okay thank you so much um kimberly now the next question i would um, like to ask is how what are those um practical ways that we could do that because um several times we've had africans we've had different diverse narratives people tell us we need to own our things we need to own ourselves our production we need to own our governance we need to change leadership we need to come out and vote but it's it's the same message that we've been hearing over and over again but it somehow sounds impractical almost becoming like a cliche how could we practically change this like, I'd like to have instances 
we have the power to change a lot of things within Africa. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think part of what we're suffering from, uh, I mean, I, I know people like to say that uh, it's an excuse, but it's not. Um, number one, effects of colonialism. Uh, and so we would have to reorient our psyche as Africans, especially the leaders, because I'll, I'll give you a practical example. I traveled a lot and um, I see how um, if you go to other African countries, you would see how you as an African, uh, you are treated like a second class um, citizen or, or an individual compared to people who come from Europe and and US and and the rest of the world even Asia and the rest so um oh sorry so first of all I think we need to 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 have some to see ourselves with dignity as people from Africa because uh Africans sometimes tend to you know uh pander to or, or uh sort of I don't want to use the word but sort of worship uh, uh, people from the rest of the world like uh, you know at the detriment of other people from Africa so we must have to reorient our thinking and uh, to see that they are not better than us of course maybe they are they might be doing well economically speaking or their, their political development you know it's uh, they, they've gone far and we still have things to work on as a continent but we must first start seeing ourselves with dignity as, as people who are worthy of dignity like every other person um secondly there must be political will by the leadership to do certain things number one um make sure that for example the judiciaries are very independent and are not um uh was it dependent on the executive for example uh, number two, like recent events in most of the West African countries, ensure that the military is totally, totally alienated from uh, from civil leadership and has nothing to do with uh, with, with politics. Uh, at the end of the day, we have leaders who are so selfish; um, they tend to bring the military time to time to meddle in the affairs of civilians and of course they tend, then it becomes something else at the end of the day uh, and secondly uh, also in terms of trade and development uh, the various African countries will have to work on modalities whereby we trade with each other and we see ourselves as our primary trade partners instead of um, uh, countries from the western world so for example when you want to buy a ticket and go to an African country I will tell you that it's more expensive for you to fly maybe from Nigeria to South Africa or another African country than it is for you to fly to maybe a, a European country Africa has the like uh, the, the 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 most expensive airline tickets in the world and it's just so ridiculous you know so these are things that we really need to work on as as a people or as uh, as a continent as well. You know, I wish more more Africans can sing the same tune um, that we are singing in this room because. I'm going to agree again with Friday, it falls upon our leadership and um, if we have leaders that are not out just for their personal gain and for genuinely 
the same way they got in with votes of the people's votes the same way you should think about the people when you're in the front line you know when you in in meetings and everything that they do but i feel like they have missed the mark in so many ways when it comes to thinking about the people um this is just from my perspective of of being here in south africa and my goodness we i posed this question once to a room um on clubhouse where it was a very heated conversation and i was being attacked for some things but uh i asked a question and i said does africa actually belong to africa because if africa actually belonged to africa um i think more africans would want to stay in africa um instead of having to get jobs in other countries or leave other countries within Africa to go to another country within Africa thinking that the situation is better there and they find out that it's worse well uh in Africa i think there is a lot of power imbalance between the rich and the poor and information is key I think uh, the information gap between the rich or the political class and the common African man or woman or a child within the African setup is a huge gap that we need to complement with our efforts as Africans. I think information is really key in development of each and every continent or as a country in this world and also we have to put in key representative like friday earlier said and also as kimberly said that africa does africa really belongs to us if you have something i think you need to nurture whatever you have you need you have the responsibility to take care of what you have you have the responsibility to make that thing better but at the end of the day you find our egos are more protruding seeing the outside world forgetting the commitment and the sacrifice that people have paid earlier in those countries for them to be at that level they are today but if we take responsibility as i've earlier said and be accountable for whatever actions we take and our leaders cope with the fact that our leaders have to be in the forefront of you making us understand that we own this continent what do you like about africa so i would start from you again friday what do you like about africa um i like the resilience of our people and um how um in spite of all the challenges we've faced uh, as a people as a continent over our centuries over years we've been able to to achieve a lot and we are where we are we are not at our best nobody should deceive us of course we are not at our best but if we are able to just get to that mark where we are at our best as a continent um 
think about it. I, I mean, I, I really love everything about Africa. The weather is very good. We have resources. The people are, are, are fun-loving. What is it? What, what, what's there not to love about the continent, you know? But just one point, if you excuse me to still repeat that, I think for me, and this is how I always approach it, I think the, the most uh, important problem or challenge with our leaders is that they don't think they don't view Africans, their people that they are leading, they are supposedly leading as human beings who are worthy of dignity. Because if you want to take the money from your country that is you are supposed to use to develop your country, just to go and live lavishly in another man's continent, you know, and, and improve their economy and while your people are dying of hunger, lack of education and, and poor health, it simply just means for me that you don't view them as human beings who are worthy of living a life with dignity. That is just as simple as that for me. So that 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 has to change, to be honest. Or, for example, um, if when the leaders, you know, uh, rig elections and they don't want to leave power, it simply means you don't view your people as important enough or as human beings who have who are worthy of dignity to be able to choose for themselves at every particular point in time who should lead them. So that has to change. Our leaders need to, to start seeing the people they lead as actual human beings that are worthy of dignity, that should be able to determine how their life moves at every point in time. That, that's it for me. Thank you. Kimberly, and your question is not going to be what you like about Africa. Well, it will be um, what will African and a, a typical African rising be like? You know, I like the fact that Friday mentioned the resilience of Africans. So if, if imagine a world where Africans are, are um, would I say, acting in their full potential, what, what picture can you paint? I'm sending that question over to you because you're a poet. I, I know you the power of your imagination. I've listened to you talk before. What would that be like? Wow. <laughs> I've written many poems about past, present, um, and future Africa. Um, an Africa where there's unity from the top all the way down that that would just be like a party every day all the time i mean because that would mean we accept everybody's uniqueness within every country which means also we have leaders with account that are accountable for their actions as well you know in africa where there's trade within africa in africa i think it would give us a small taste i guess of what africa was like before colonialism it would give us a taste of what africa was like um when it stood on its own and it learned to find peace and unity at some point because africa was not always like this you know, we know Africa wasn't always like this um, because we know our history and the uniqueness of our history. Um, 
yeah that's that's my view like that would be a, a beautiful actually it, it's an idea for some beautiful writing as well thank you thank you very much you oh like while you were speaking i was trying to you know uh imagine that uh, that same old africa yes we had clashes um cultures wars but i i also believe africa wasn't like this i i believe it was a lot more beautiful and i still believe that africa is beautiful you know i asked someone a question maybe i should ask this who said that living in mud houses is bad who said that that's um the lowest uh life like that's the the low that like that's low life because sometimes i i don't i do not know if it's me that is seeing it this way but i also think that um as friday had earlier mentioned that um the effect of uh, colonialism on africans i think that we are uh so quickly abandoning what is ours what 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 should have been ours what we should have been proud of to uh i don't want to say western so to say but for lack of better words to western attributes so what if africa was what if living in mud houses was was okay what if we instead of um trying to want to build houses that do not look like um african houses what if we embrace modernism in a way that we just upgrade what we have and not deviate or try to copy other western or other cultures just in the name of wanting to belong timothy i'm just going to go straight up to you right uh what if what we what we're trying to emulate is not what it is have you like have you ever had that thought before uh i i quite like the idea you said about the mod houses because it was one of the things that we talked about today literally the fact that um one of the problems we have as africans is that we need a, a cultural or a, a shift in our mindset who told us that we need to wear suits before we can be addressed as formal who told us that we need to to wear i don't like using the word western but alien who told us that our type of architecture is not suitable is not good for us who told us that our level or our type of education is no longer acceptable um one of the problems we have is that we've been forced to believe in something foreign to be good um we have an abundance of resources and we don't seem to value that we don't seem to make um we don't seem to make it work from what we have um one of the persons that has influenced me a lot on his um books and his history is um the father of india mahatma gandhi he said if indians would not clothe themselves let indians walk naked he was not afraid to go to buckingham palace in his local attire uh, i think these there are some lessons that we africa can can learn from that we need to look within 
we need to break that 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 mental barrier that has been set for us that anything um, African is backward, is outdated, is not good, and anything alien or foreign is acceptable. So for me, I, I first I think there has to be a break away from the mental shackle. And then we have to look within, we have to introspect, we have to look at our resources and we use our resources. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, um, Timothy. So, um, this is actually, unfortunately, I think we, we have to round up because it's 46 minutes and the call is... 33 minutes oh so we have seven minutes actually because we have um 40 minutes of show time um so by the way that was timothy zadon timothy is a humanitarian um he's an aid worker works with icrc but currently working with the un we're talking africa we're talking shifting narratives of africa i think one of my inspiration is i'm i'm happy that we're beginning to have africans speak up for themselves we're beginning to have more africans trying to change the narrative i know africa no filter is um, one of the organizations that is championing that and i'm happy as a journalist i would always say I do not understand how, for instance, big uh, media stations employ non-Africans to edit Africa, news from Africa, because it it has a way, you know, I'm happy when um, Friday mentioned um, the issue of the role of the media, because I still do not understand how a do not understand because i believe that it has a way of um of his um what's this word now the way he thinks the way he views africa that editor has a way of affecting the narrative the way it's it's told for instance they celebrate some of the mundane things some things that we think are regular some of these things are practically normal but then, then, then it's been celebrated and it looks like, oh, here it is, poor Africa is beginning to rise. And you all have traveled outside of Africa and you all know that poverty, um, no, let me not use poverty now. There are poor people in other countries, even European countries or the Western world. There are people on the streets of Australia. There are people. It's there's some some things. People people protest. People fight. Um, but for some reason, the media makes it sound as if if it ever happens in Africa, it is an African problem. I don't know if it makes sense because um, Friday I'm going to ask you this particularly because you mentioned it do you think that is also a narrative that we need to change in africa um yeah definitely uh but however i I will still give some credit to to african media and african people because these days we tend to fight back especially using social media uh like example the issue of uh um the omicron that that 
allegedly started from South Africa. Well, so now it was discovered that it might not even have started from South Africa. But you saw the way the, the whole world started just alienating every African country, saying that. So imagine if if COVID itself has started from Africa, they would have locked us out and like just left us to die in our continent, you know. But for some reason, we are spared. Uh, thank God for that. Uh, but also the response of Africans on social media when we kept pushing back. And at least, to be honest, for the first time uh, with the present government in Nigeria, I was, I was a little bit happy with you know what the move they did when they said, oh, okay, we're also going to ban flights from the UK. And then the next day, the UK removed that red list and said, no more red list. Everybody can come to the UK. You know, at least for the first time, I was proud. I was proud that we we're able to push back. Normally, our leaders just accept everything. But if we start moving like this and start showing our, our power as sovereigns as well, then it's a good thing for our people and it's a good thing for our continent. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I I also like the deterrence that was between um, UAE and uh, Nigeria. I felt like, yes, we're beginning to have our grounds and, you know, yeah, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Um, so we have just two minutes of talk time. So I guess it would be time for us to just have like our final words. Actually, we actually have um, a, a count countdown, four questions for countdown. But because it's not just one person, maybe I'll just share the four questions for all four of you. So you can just take um, one question each. So I would begin with you, Zadon. If you okay. would become an animal, what animal would you be and why? If, I'm not saying you would ever be an animal anyway. If you would be an animal, for instance, what animal would you be and why? Definitely lion. Uh, why? I, I don't believe in staying behind, so I think I should be at the forefront, mark my territory and patrol the jungle. <laughs> It's the first time I'm hearing a lion speak like that. Usually they would say pride of the jungle, you know. Ah, no, this is strong. Thank you very much, Friday. Kimberly, over to you. If you would become an animal, what animal would you be and why? In global straight, uh, elephant, sorry. <laughs> um, because of... Um, <laughs> The strength, um, the characteristics as well, and the strong protectiveness, as well as the memory. I feel like an elephant oftentimes with my memory. Um, and also the protectiveness that they have, as well as how they show homage to the ones that have passed. So yeah, I'd definitely be an elephant. And they're big, you know. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's the first time I'm meeting an elephant. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> Okay, Friday, over to you. What animal would you be and why? <laughs> um, I think this is the animal I fear the most, but I think if I have the opportunity, that's the animal, I'll be a tiger. Um, because of its stealth and it, do, it just moves in silence and somehow it's a king in its own right. Uh, it doesn't make so much noise. It just kills and just does whatever it wants. <laughs> <laughs> we 
do you want to kill? Okay. No, I'm not trying to kill anybody. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's over to you. If you would become an animal, what animal would you be and why? Well, for me, I think I'll be an eagle. The super eagles of Nigeria. Yeah, if you call an eagle, you pounce, it gives focus, habit, strength also. It change base and tend to be focused on whatever he wants to pounce on. Yeah, so with that strength, I think I can achieve better. Wow, I think I am in a space with very strong people. Now I feel embarrassed about what I want to be. But it doesn't matter anyway. Guys, thank you so much for sharing this space with me. Thank you so much for your contributions. I do hope that we can do this again. Yeah, because there's so much wisdom, so much insight in just one conversation. I am truly appreciative. Thank you so much. Thank Anyone you. with any final words? Do you want to unmute yourself? And you can all unmute yourself and talk at random. Thank you very much <laughs> for the invite. Yeah, right. Thank you too. Thank you very much. And uh, it was nice uh, discussing an issue like this with uh, uh, wonderful people like Felix and Kimberly and Timothy. Really look forward to engaging more in the future. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, everyone. It's nice having you all on board. I hope to have this conversation again with the same team so that we can elaborate better on other issues trending in Africa. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys. It's time to Thank you, Chef. Sorry I came late. Um, I had a prior meeting. I would love to hear the podcast and I would humbly request we do a version to where I would be available from the beginning. Uh, I'm looking forward to always um, interface and talk with bright minds and see what the future holds for Africa. Thank you. Yes, yes, thank you, thank you. Let's talk Africa, the Africanness of Africa. The beauty, its people, our peculiarities. This is on Zip Stories. I am DS Bello.